Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back, my Truth Over Tea fans, friends, and fanatics. It's me, your continual host, Christopher Wilmot, where we're learning to tell the truth over spilling the tea to the LGBT community and beyond. I welcome you wherever you may be joining us today, whether it's here locally in the States or globally as we're getting some listeners and viewers there. Welcome, come on in and welcome back if you've been tracking with us over each season. But if this happens to be your first season, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. You know my name. I'm 29 years old. I have been a disciple as we're learning to call ourselves um, with the Lord for about seven to eight years now, walking with him and just following him as a disciple. The Lord has discipled me into the three things that we're learning on this podcast, which is acceptance, change, and practicing self-control over same-sex desires. Yeah. And a little bit of tea about myself as you heard some of it being stirred in the background. Here's some spilling tea that you may be interested in that I spent four to five active years in the LGBT lifestyle identifying with homosexuality. So I have come into an understanding of the truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Jesus himself. And he's discipled me to understand that God accepts you, grace changes you, and you can't control you. So whether you're in the community or even out, all three of those things can benefit you. Even though this is a podcast targeted to the LGBT community, it's not limited to the community. So I welcome you. And so without any further ado, grab your tea and join me. Like, comment, and share this if this installment of truth can bless you or somebody you know. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's installment of truth. Hello and welcome back, fans, friends, and fanatics. It's me, Christopher Wilmot. You know your host. The introduction has introduced me and now I welcome you. So wherever you may be joining us this evening, come on in. If this happens to be a morning for you or whatever, come on in. No distance or time in the spirit, the same truth, the same spirit, the same God that's here with me now is there with you there, whenever that may be. So welcome. Thank you so much for tracking along with us. If you have been, if this happens to be your first episode, um, just a quick review. I'm going to talk about that to kind of just dive right in head first into what we're going to be discussing today. Hence the title, Getting Your Clothes Back or um, rede- through the redemption plan. So I'm going to teach you how to get back what the devil stole from you and what society stripped you from. And so we were discussing that a little bit about um, um, when we were discussing who made you naked or why are we walking around naked, something of that title. I can't even remember it now. But um, we were coming out of Galatians or excuse me, Genesis 3. And that story is Adam and Eve in the garden. And I have been kind of um, comparing and contrast, contrasting this story for um, our, t- our society and day and time today and using different key words there to kind of correlate with a little bit of some of the stuff we've heard even in this day and time to show you the relevancy of the truth as I'm skillfully, rightly dividing and skillfully handling it as we've been learning to do. So in doing so, I'm going to give a quick review, then jump right into how to get your clothes back through this redemption plan that God has given to us by way of Jesus Christ and the, especially in the um, focusing on the context of our identity. So you guys know we've been talking about Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, um, who believed that they were naked and afraid because they ate of the tree, went to the wrong tree that God told them specifically, do not eat from. They went to the source to get a, an understanding of who they are and they can get something from um, that tree, which God already gave them. And so the devil was able to, to, to beguile Eve and then Eve was able to deceive Adam. 
as we've learned. But in doing so, they became naked and they became naked because they went to the wrong source to understand who they are um, and to get something that they that the society could not give them or um, the tree or that that fruit could not give them. So in doing so, they lost a lot of things and they were put under a curse. And that curse has we have been redeemed from. And in Galatians 3 is where we pick that up. And I'm diving headfirst into this as we continue this study on identity. So we pick up this kind of similar story in some of the references I was making out of it in Galatians 3. And I think um, I want to start in verse 19. No. Where should I start? <laughs> um, let's see. That's a good question. Let's see. Let me figure out. I think 13, verse 13, Genesis 3, 13. A lot of passages of scriptures we're going to be milking when we discuss this. And we're going to probably park here in Galatians 3 because it's so meaty. It's so, it says so much. And this is Paul talking to the Galatians in this time, which is relevant for us in this time. As we know, the word of God is pregnant. So let's see the relevancy of it starting in verse 13, or excuse me, verse um, 10 for context sake. Galatians 3, 10. And it reads, skimming over this a little bit. It says, for as many are under the works of the law or in the Amplified Classic, as I like to read, it says for all who depend on the law, who seek to be justified by obeying the law and the rituals, which many people are trying to do today, whether it's the law of Moses, whether it's other rituals, policies, traditions that, again, make the word of God in no effect, as we saw in Second Timothy, whether whatever those things are that are law based, people think that they can do this to become that. Do this right stuff to make them righteous. Do these good things to make them good. Hence what Adam and Eve did in the garden. If they ate of that tree, the devil told them you'll be like God, not knowing they already were like God. And we have to be made like God in order to be like God. But nonetheless, we reiterated those points in times past. But verse 10, Amplified Classic says, if you're seeking to be justified or right with God by obeying the law of rituals and you are under a curse. Remember, we talked about the curse in Genesis three, all the curses that were listed out for them disobeying God, which we're not under today. Not saying that there's no consequences for our actions. There's just no curse for them. So he says, if you're looking to be justified by the laws and rituals, you're under a curse and you're doomed to disappointment. Oh my gosh, I love this. Again, Amplify Classic. You're doomed to be disappointed. Why? And you're doomed to be uh, uh, suffering destruction for it is written in the scriptures, cursed and uh, doomed, cursed and doomed, excuse me, is everyone who does not continue to abide in all the precepts and commandments written in the book. So just for a quick history review here. If you were living under the law of Moses or even the Old Testament, which I told you we should not be living under, you have to live under all of what it said there. You can't just live under the certain things that people like to point out, like, for instance, for the LGBT community. They love to point out all the stuff in the Old Testament dealing with the LGBT community sins, which the Old Testament talks a lot about and even does the new. But it also talks a lot about when you can eat, when you could even go to the bathroom, when what women had to do when they were on their menstrual cycle. It talked a lot about it really had 
630 something laws in the Old Testament. And if you're going to live by one, you have to live by them all. If you're going to live under that old covenant, those old rituals, policies, procedures, traditions, so on and so forth, because God's trying to bring us into faith. And that's what it's going to discuss here in Galatians 3. So Paul's telling the Galatians, you guys are so used to living by a custom religious traditional thing to connect with God, to understand God. But he says, if you keep doing that, you're under a curse because you cannot live by one thing and not all things. Hence why it came to show you, you can't live by it. So you can come and live by Christ. So verse 11. Now it is evident that no one, no person is justified or declared righteous and brought into right standing with God through the law. For the scripture says, verse 11, the man in right standing with God or the woman um, shall live by faith or the just shall live by faith, as we said last episode. And he, through and by their faith, is declared righteous. Now, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, I mean, she as well. So you're in right standing or declared righteous by your faith. The just shall live by faith. I don't know why so many Christians today or disciples, whichever word you are preferring to call you. I call you disciples. Others call you Christians. But if you're going to be a disciple today, you cannot be one without faith. If you're going to understand your identity, you can understand it by faith because it's a spiritual thing. You can't see it, touch it, taste it, feel it. None of those things because we're not basing our identity off those things. It's actually based off the spirit. But if you don't tap into the spirit by faith, you're not going to receive the benefits and the blessings that come by faith. And so he's saying, like it says in verse 11, the just shall live by faith. Now the law does not rest on faith. So he's saying rituals, policies, procedures, the old Testament, you didn't need faith. You didn't need faith to be you didn't need faith to do. You just had to do it. You just had to obey it. But you fell short of it all the time. You need faith to be who you are under grace and under the New Testament because it comes only by faith, that, that which comes by grace. So Christ purchased our freedom, our redemption plan, verse 13, and became a curse for us. Becoming a curse for us, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Verse 14, to the end that through Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come upon all of us, even the Gentiles, so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm getting stirred up. Let me sip some tea to wet my whistle here. <laughs> Listen to this. This is so powerful. Hopefully you're getting the revelation out of it as I am. It says Christ purchased our freedom. So we're not purchasing it. This all has to do with identity. Believe it or not, stay in here with me. I'll prove it. Christ purchased our freedom from the curse and became a curse for us. So he became a curse that we may become blessed. Why? Through our faith to the end through Christ Jesus. I'm reading I'm reading um, verbatim verse 14 through the end that Christ Jesus might um, excuse me to the end that through Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles. And just again, another history lesson here. If you are not born of Jewish blood, you are automatically a Gentile. I'll say that again. If you're not born of Jewish blood, you're automatically a Gentile. So gay people would be considered a Gentile unless they were born of spirit, uh, born of Jew, uh, Jewish blood. If you're a black person, unless you're born of Jewish blood, you're considered a Gentile. Why is this important? Because God extended the blessing that he gave to the Jews onto the Gentiles. But how does it come? Through faith. And he says, uh, becoming a curse for us that curses everyone who hangs on a tree through Jesus Christ, we will be blessed and we'll have the promise given to us um, of the Holy Spirit. 
to speak in terms of human relations, verse 15, Amplify Classic, if any man makes a last will and testament, um, never mind, let me, let's skip over that. That's going to be opening up a whole nother can of worms. I don't feel like explaining right now. We want to stick on the topics of, um, uh, what do you call it? Identity. But if you want to milk that, you can on your own time, but I'm going to skim over this. It says, uh, the promise that was spoken to Abraham comes to us through Christ. We've established that. Um, and that was verse 12, 13, and 14. Now I'm going to skip down to verse, um, 21 is the law contrary to the promise of God. May it no, may it never be for if the law had been given, which was able to impart life, then righteousness was indeed um, been based on the law. So he's saying if you could become righteous based off the law, then you wouldn't need faith and you wouldn't need the promise of God. But the scripture was uh, shut up to what they said. They can tell them to shut up. No, I'm just kidding. But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise of faith in Jesus might begin, might be given to those who believe. So he's saying you're pretty much under sin until Jesus comes, which he has come so he can redeem us from sin. And if you believe in him, you'll be redeemed by him. Verse 24. This is what I want to get to. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us into Christ. Now, when it says the law, it's talking about the law of Moses, but it's really also talking about all laws, rituals, and, and policies. Those laws, rituals, and policies were, were a tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith um, or declared righteous. As we know, that's what it means to be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So it says we're no longer under the, the, the law. Therefore, we're no longer under the curse thereof because Christ has redeemed us. Watch this. Verse 26. For all, for you all are sons of God through Christ or through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 27. For all who were baptized in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. <laughs> Verse 27 in the Amplified says, for as many of you were baptized into Christ into spiritual there goes that word again. Spiritual union. You have been um, you have communion with Christ and you have been put on a cl your cloth, your cloak from Christ. So verse 27 is how we're going to get our clothes back. All of what I read really kind of breaks up how we're going to um, get our clothes back through the redemption plan that Christ has provided for us. And so we're going to get our clothes back by getting into the spirit, identifying with the spirit and having faith in the spirit, which Jesus has made available to us since he has come and redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, did I say all of that, read all of that, dissect all of that just to appear spiritual before you, to appear analytical in a student scripture and wise as an apologetic of the word. No, 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 no. I didn't say all of that. Read all of that and break all of that up just to appear wise before you. In fact, I count all that wisdom, all those big words, dung, <laughs> as Paul said, I count all that stuff rubbish because it means nothing if you don't understand it. I said all of that to prove the point that Jesus has redeemed us. And he redeemed us so he can give us his name and give us the plan of redemption that he's given to us by his way of his blood so we could have faith in him and no longer have to work for him. Work to be right. Work to do right. Work to get your identity. Work to understand different things about you. Work, 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 work. As we said, the prophet Rihanna said, we're not, we're not in this to work, 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 work. We're in this to rest and believe in Jesus Christ who has given us everything we used to have to work for, which is 
uh, actually an action of cursing or is a result of the curse. Curse of the law, the curse of the Old Testament made us work. That's what Adam and Eve were punished with because they didn't believe God and what he said about the tree and what he said about them. They ate of the tree trying to get their identity from it and get some power from it. When God says, no, 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 you were supposed to come to me for that. And so because you went to that for that, I'm going to curse you and I'm going to curse that. So literally within our society is operating the curse. If you continue to look to society for anything, that's not just dealing with identity, but that's our topic of discussion today. If you continue to go to the society to understand truth, if you continue to go to the the society to understand you, if you continue to understand or go to, let me slow down. If you continue to go to society to understand anything about humanity, you're going to be continuing subjecting yourself to a form of a curse because God already cursed the, the, the society, cursed the earth, cursed the world. And so when Jesus came, he redeemed us who believe, who believe. That was the key thing he said. Those who believe, if you believe, you'll be redeemed. If you believe, you'll have and receive that redemption. Why? It's not because Christ did it every time everybody um, happens to believe. No, Christ already has done it. So once you believe, you receive the finished works of Jesus Christ, as we, we've known to call them under the New Testament. But if you don't believe, you're not going to receive. And what we're trying to receive is really all the benefits and blessings that come by way of Jesus, but specifically our identity. Because if not, we're going to be continue, continuing to subject ourselves to the curse of the law, to the curse of the enemy, because he's been cursed. It's been cursed. These things have been cursed. And what I'm seeing is, um, I think that's why we're naked now. That's why we're in destitute now where our identities are concerned, where the confusion, where our sexuality is concerned, because we keep allowing society to define us. We keep allowing people to tell us who we are, to label us and give us names that God never gave us. And so since they do that, they limit us. They confound us into this place in position of the curse. And we're constantly trying to work to get out of it. We don't even realize we've been working, working, working to try to feel more righteous or feel better about ourselves, to get healthy and holy, to be right with God, to understand God. And we keep trying to do this through works. And that's exactly the pattern of the old covenant, which is considered a curse under the law, according to Galatians 3. So I'm milking this to show you the benefit of identifying and believing in Jesus, but also some of the disadvantages if you don't, which we've we've constantly reiterated, because if you read continuously in verse 27, 26, again, for context, if in Christ you are all sons, notice, I remember I told you God doesn't even want us to see us as male or female. He doesn't even want to see us as sons and daughters. No, he says, I want us all to be one in Christ. Am I just making that up? No, take his word for it. Verse 27, for as many of you have been baptized in Christ into his spiritual union, as I read, and communion with him. Um, you have put on and clothed yourself with Jesus Christ. Verse 28. Now there is no more distinction. I love this. Verse 28, Amplify Classic. There is no more distinction, neither between Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all, watch this, one, one, one in Christ. So equality starts with Christ. Equality starts with believing in Jesus and the redemption plan he's given us. But some people keep trying to, again, go to society to get redemption, go to society to get equality, go to society to understand their identity, go to society to understand sexuality. He said, none of that stuff is going to bring you the redemption plan that you seek. Only Christ and through him. And he says, if you do that, you are going to be one with Christ and we're going to be all equal now with Christ. For if you belong to Christ, um, verse 28, 
you are in him and Abraham's seed. Then you are Abraham's offspring and the spiritual heirs of the according to the promise. So now he says, not only do you get your equality now with Christ and with one another, but you also get the promises that's extended to us all. It's not just to the blacks or the whites, the gays or the straights, the, the Greeks or the, or the Jews. It's for us all because we all have been given this by way of Christ as we continue to identify with him and receive all the benefits that come by him. But you're going to, again, have to go to the spirit for this. You're not going to be able to look to it in the flesh, meaning you're not going to be able to go to humanistic approaches. You're not going to be able to go to your carnal reasoning. You're not going to be able to go to your uh, um, feelings. You're not going to be able to do that. Humanistic, carnal, fleshy. That's what it means to be carnal, to be humanistic and fleshy. He said, you're not going to be able to understand this. That's what I've been establishing when we talked about carnality. You're not going to be able to understand this through the carnality of your humanity. You're not going to be able to understand this through the flesh. You're going to have to tap into the spirit, which requires faith. And once you do, you receive all the benefits that come by way of it. And then you finally get your cloak, your cloak back, your clothes back. You'll no longer be naked and destitute and insecure and feeling in fear inferiority. Um, from any group of people, whether it's black people, white people, gay people, straight people. This is what I have come into understanding as when we talk about like the issues of race. I don't feel inferior or superior to anybody. Why? Because I'm one in Christ. Now, they may not be one in Christ because they don't they refuse to identify with them. But I know based off Christ and the redemption plan he's given us all. Christ doesn't make black people better than white people, white people better than black people. Society again, society does, but they're operating under the curse. So now to fix inequality, they're going to superiority, make black people better than white people, make white people bow to black people, make uh, white people or make black people have their own this and white people have their own that. That's just modern day segregation. And so, again, we're trying to we're trying to redeem ourselves. That's really what it is. And we're trying to be self-sufficient, as we said last week, in our own sufficiency. We have to be self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Philippians 4.13, Amplified Classic. I am self-sufficient. You are self-sufficient, supposedly or supposed to be in Christ's sufficiency. You're not supposed to be self-sufficient in your own sufficiency. Why? Because that's work-based. That's you depending on your own strength. And I am strengthened by him. I am equal to him. And I have all the benefits and blessings from him. But guess what? So do you. He's extended this upon the Gentiles, as we just read. He's extended this upon the gay people. This is what I'm trying to show the Christian church today, that God accepts the gay people. You tell, what, what, what do we have to do about... You know, their, their sins, the same, God, the same thing God did about yours. He redeemed you. He healed you. He freed you. But in order to do that, he had to accept you. How can you heal a patient you haven't even you haven't even um, how can you heal a patient you don't have? <laughs> think about that. I can't as a doctor, if I was a doctor, I can't heal a patient that's not on my table. That's not in my hospital. So if they don't feel accepted by the church to feel this acceptance and experience this change, how can you expect them to change? But we as Christians, again, from this work-based perspective, we want to continue to go to the change component, forgetting about the acceptance component. God can't change what he hasn't accepted. And they're not going to experience change if they don't feel accepted. Because God is not interested in changing them more than he is in accepting them. Because that's what happened with me. When I changed, I didn't change because of change. I changed because I was accepted and I started falling in love with the one who would change me. And I wanted now to change for him. Not because I had to, because I wanted to. And I was doing it based off faith, not off works. That's why a lot of people don't understand or don't believe you can change. Why? Because they don't think they're, do they're doing it by their works. They're doing it through their own self-sufficiency. They're doing it through their own actions 
and accolades and, and approaches and doctrines. No, 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 no. Grace changes you. That's why you need faith for it. So if you believe in him as he has accepted you, he will also change you. But if you don't allow people to feel accepted and feel one with Christ and e- even equal with you, this is the big thing. Gay people don't feel equal with straight people. Straight people don't feel equal with gay people because they feel like somebody's more superior and fewer than the other. And it's not true. We're all one. And through that acceptance, through that equality, through that redemption plan that God has given us, we all can get our cloak back or our identity back in this context. And we can begin to feel that acceptance, experience that change and practice self-control. Now, I always reiterate this because a lot of people may experience some form of change, but then they lose it because they don't want to practice self-control. That's also a part a part of your discipleship. God doesn't just want you to, he says in, um, what is it? Timothy, I believe it talks about God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound self-control mind. So God has given us the power to control ourselves. And if you, again, are not controlling yourself with whatever sexual sin or issue you may have, that's your own prerogative that you have to take to God. But God's change and redemption plan where your sexuality and identity is concerned, he's already done that for you. And now he's given you the power to keep that and do that in yourself by way of self-control. And so those are the three pillars we constantly reiterate through the God Accepts You mission that I, I teach you guys on this podcast. Because dealing with the subjects of, you know, sex, sexuality and sin, dealing in the LGBT community, this becomes very gray for people. It seems like they believe this, understand this when it has to deal with every other sin, with every other people. But as soon as we start talking about homosexuality... They don't see wait, 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 wait. they don't see the redemption plan. They don't see how Christ has made them one with with him. They don't see way how can they be justi- justified and accepted. They don't see it seems like they lose it through translation. Oh, they believe that God can accept and change the, pr- pr- the prostitute, the pornography addicted person, the the addict, but when it comes to homosexuality, it's like, oh, they don't see that within the scripture. That's because I don't believe they're looking hard enough or in the right places. So, I'm going on a little tangent there and I apologize, but this is all how we're going to get our cloak back. No longer going to society, no longer going to your family, no longer going to your your geology, if I'm saying that right. No longer going to your heritage. My God, this is so sad, too. With a group of people, black or white, I see they're trying to go to their heritage to understand who they are, go back to their roots. No, 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 no. Because who's to say that they got it right? The only person who's going to really redeem you and help you where your identity and insecurities are concerned is Christ Jesus, who created you. Again, we got to stop allowing people who did not create us to define us and then going to them to get an understanding of us. That's what Adam and Eve did. Going back to Genesis three, that's what Adam and Eve did with the tree. They were told, let's correlate this and bring it all home together. They were told, if you eat of this tree, you'll be like God. Remember, we already established they already were like God. So do this to become this. That's work based. That's what Galatians 3 was saying. Stop doing that. Stop operating under that same pattern, that same uh, that same covenant, because we're not under that covenant. Christ has redeemed us. If you do that, you're going to be subjected to the curse that came through that. And that's why I feel like people feel cursed, even though God's not necessarily cursing them, but they feel that curse because they're operating under that same pattern. They're subjecting themselves to those same uh, theologies, doctrines, societal approaches, philosophies, and all of these different things that is not the truth. And hence why the, the devil was able to deceive them. And once he deceived them, he said, now go eat this to become this, to be this, to do this. And, and that's work based.
And that's what it's saying in Galatians 3. And so I don't want, uh, or excuse me, Genesis 3. I don't want God to, actually, I feel like he already is screaming out to us, why are you naked? And how are you going to get your clothes back? Why are you so insecure? Why you got, you know that song. I'm not going to go there. But why you got to be, why, why, you, why are you so insecure, man? Why are you so insecure, woman? Why are you so insecure, uh, 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 child? Why are you so insecure? I guarantee it's because you have no security from your identity. And the way you're trying to get it is going through it by way of society instead of going to it um, by way of the spirit, by way of Jesus, who gave you that redemption plan. And he gave it to you for free. It cost him a lot, but it gave him he gave it to you uh, for free because that's what grace is. Grace is unearned, undeserved favor. You didn't deserve this, but he gave it to you. And grace is the good you don't deserve that you get. Mercy is the bad you do deserve that you don't get. Grace is the good that you don't deserve that you get. Mercy is the bad that you do deserve that you don't get. So God has given us grace and mercy through the New Testament that you won't find that as much in the old. But in the New Testament, under the new protocol, the blessing of Abraham that has now come upon even us, the Gentiles, that came through Jesus in the New Testament. So if you believe in him, you'll receive the benefits that come from him. And I want to just milk some of these scriptures as we begin to close. Again, Galatians 3. Um. It says that the law came to lead us, to tutor us until Jesus came. Jesus has come, guys, girls. He's he's here. Maybe not presently with us in, in the flesh. He's with us in the spirit. He's here. So he has come. There's no need to live under the law. There's no need to live under that pattern of society doing this to get that. You don't have to do that. Chris, you already said that. You keep reiterating the same point. Yeah, verily, verily, I say unto you. (laughs) I wish you would hearken. Hear and do. Hearken. Hear and do. You need to hear me and what the Spirit of God is trying to tell you if you're going to get and receive your identity back. Some of you never even knew who you were. So you're going to have to understand who you are. But some of you maybe did and maybe through religious beliefs and traditions and society, you lost it. I want you to get your clothes back. So you no longer be naked. You no longer feel ashamed. You no longer feel um, uh, condemned all the time. You no longer be insecure. Because I think that's is the the issue we're seeing in our society today. So I've driven home those points, and I think I've beat a dead horse. But we're going to further um, dissect this in episodes to come, and I'm going to show you how you are the righteousness of God based s- simply and solely off your faith. Because I'm finally going to answer the question, who are you? I've talked about it. I reiterated it. I probably referenced it. But with a episode to clearly draw out the three things you are or maybe four things I have listed, um, I'm going to show you with precision, skillfully handling, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm going to show you with precision, precision, excuse me, exactly who you are. So you'll no, long, long, you'll no longer question. You'll no longer be concerned or wondering or doubting. I don't know if I'm this or how am I this or maybe I feel this and feel that. No, no. You'll know with precision. So when the devil comes to tell you or ask you who you are or tell you who you are, which is based off who you're not, you'll be able to rebuttal him with precision, with the right scriptures, with the right understanding of truth. So until those episodes... Make sure you milk these ones. I may even give you a break in between so you can kind of reference them and maybe um, write down some of the scriptures confessing those things. So you can come into these new things, this new understanding of who you are in Christ. 
So without further ado, God accepts you. Grace changes you and you can control you. I've been excited and pumped up with this revelation. I pray you are as well. If you have been blessed by this, please share this with somebody else. I do believe we're coming to a close of um, the Truth Over Tea podcast. I just feel a release to kind of let it go a little bit after the season. So I just want to you know, throw that little plug in there a little bit. I don't even know if it's considered a plug, but that a little quick announcement, drop that in there. I just feel a release from the Holy Spirit to just let this go. Not because anything bad happened, but because probably something good's happening and going to. So just look for me in the in the years to come, I guess. But we're going to milk a few more episodes on this uh, subject of identity and then we'll come and bring it to a close and a landing. I'll probably do about 20, 20 I'm trying to get around the 20-ish mark of episodes. So you have a few still left here. Um, so without further ado, you know what to do. I love you all. God loves you. I can't wait to meet with you again in the upcoming weeks. And so until then, I love you all. God bless you. Mm-hmm.